0: Broadcasting
1: live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. I think there's constantly pressure on Kirk Cousins, but that stat of $231 million, I was like, golly! <laughs> I mean, he's making a lot of money, but the big thing for him is, look, he's one of the more consistent quarterbacks in this league. And when, if you're a stat guy, yes, he's got great touchdown to interception radio. He throws for a lot of yards every single year. He's got great completion percentage, but... The one thing that he's got to do is take this team to the next level and start winning games when it when it's important, when it's in January, when you're in playoff. I
2: don't know who that is, but were they talking about Lamar? Nah, Kirk Cousins. Oh. It's Matt Castle. Actually, Lamar Jackson and Kirk Cousins are very similar in that postseason
0: respect, aren't they? Oh, yeah. That, that part they are, yes. They can't win in the playoffs.
2: Well, I don't know about can't. I mean, it's unfair to say can't win the playoffs for Lamar Jackson. Just that he, I think sooner or later, he's going to have to make a deep run. I mean, Herbert hasn't been there either. So that's like, that's a knock against him right now. Mahomes obviously has. Uh, Now you look at a guy like Josh Allen, what he's done, right? So those are feathers in those guys' caps. So listen, (laughs) up, we have so many good quarterbacks that it's hard to win. Yeah, they all can't win. They all can't win. I mean, that's just the nature of it. And so I don't know if that can be the only thing that we measure but i do think it's fair to wonder now because even before josh allen has come to life now lamar jackson's been there a couple of times and wasn't able to actually do it or they weren't going on this run that guys like mahomes and now josh allen have and so i think it's certainly a measuring stick it's another barrier to cross it's been a big topic the last like day you see like i guess this executive stuff where espn did like a, a vote, the a top rank the quarterbacks, and Lamar Jackson's not in the top 10. And I mean, do you have a problem with that?
0: Probably. Do you? Yeah, I forget the top 10. Yeah, I got, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I have Yeah, a I sent it to you yesterday. So here's the top 10. Can't put Deshaun there, man.
2: Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, third. These are in order, yes. Yeah, above Tom Brady. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Uh, slow down. All right. I yeah, mean, I agree with you. Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford. I mean, you know what I am a little surprised is, why doesn't Stafford actually, now that he's won a Super Bowl, yeah. and he had that run and he had that year, why doesn't he get, like, thrown way up the list? I don't get why he doesn't at least go in front of Burrow, who he beat in the Super Bowl. That's a great point. I mean, seriously, the knock against Stafford was, the guy can't, like, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't won. Well, yeah. he did. He just proved that he could, and he was big, by the way. Like, he was really important. He wasn't just, like, riding the coattails of
0: a defense. Yeah. Their defense was good. I think he's got to be above at least Burrow. And I love Burrow. And how about
2: Justin Herbert, who has done nothing? I can't
0: get on. Like, that one's is so at odd seven. to me. I think Herbert's going to be great. Don't get me wrong. He's ahead of Russell Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't get on board with that.
2: And so the guy you would take out is next is Deshaun Watson, who might take himself out. And Dak
0: Prescott is at 10. Like, I thought most people would have a problem with Dak Prescott. I don't love Dak either. But you can't tell me dude hasn't played for a year likely not going to play at least some this year, and he's better than, what, 30, 20-something other of them? Like, I just don't believe it. See, this goes to uh, – there's, there's this weird thing, right,
2: with Lamar Jackson. And, like, it's not the black quarterback conversation anymore. Like, that's not the conversation. No. I don't think it is. No. I really don't.
0: I don't either. I but think there he's is,
2: But there is, like, a weird conversation around Lamar Jackson, and I've kind of – I've tiptoed around this at times, too, but this is what I do believe, that executives around the league, I think not all of them would buy into Lamar Jackson. He has too many, like, valleys of moments. He's got crazy peaks. But, yeah. like, it's really hard if you draw a line across Lamar Jackson to say he's this guy. I think he's a lot like, either. oh, man, he is awesome. And, and I've said it before, I haven't seen a quarterback and their team feed off some of the plays that a quarterback makes, like maybe ever, that you can visibly see. I'm not even on the sideline or at the games, and I can visibly see, like in awe, how these Ravens players and how they react to him after a play he makes. It's really incredible. Really cool. Yeah. And I don't know if I say that about any—I guess Mahomes has a little bit of that. And certainly the great quarterbacks, people feed off, right? I mean, Brady, and they have the confidence in him, Manning, other players. But it's a really weird dynamic because the lows are low for Lamar Jackson. Like, it's like, oof. Yeah. And and so I can see the hesitation. I mean, I I think you look at the highs, you look at the lows, and if you're going to invest in a player to the degree they're going to invest, which you're going to have to invest, like, I fully believe they have to and they will— but I can see some of the hesitation when I see those low moments. Like, eee. I mean, that's scary stuff if you're about to drop $40 million a year.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, the the highs and lows are part of it. But, I mean, looking at this, just going back to this list, Dak Prescott got paid, and he has some highs and lows. Like, it may not be as low as Lamar, but I think what's the playoff wins are still not there. See, that's a great thing right there you just said it might not be as low
2: as Lamar's, and his highs aren't as high as Lamar's. No, I don't think so. Now, his highs are pretty damn good, but I think if you draw the line, again, if you look at these guys as stocks, and you draw, like, this tunnel, right? I I think people talk in that way sometimes. Like, take this bar graph-looking thing, and you draw, like, this tunnel of where most of it lives. Well, I believe Dak lives in, like, that tunnel quite a bit, where you kind of – this other thing I say to a lot about life in general, about business, about sports. People want to know what they're going to get. Well, I think when you have Dak Prescott, you know what you're going to get, and you're going to have some good moments above what you know you're going to get, and you're going to have some lows. But they're not going to be like, oh my gosh, his lows really have come via injury. Yeah, I mean, and, yes and, and lack no. of wins in the postseason. But I'm wins. not even sure that gets his performance based. It's like they just haven't won.
0: Yeah, but I think when you when you talk about that with Dak and you look at CeeDee Lamb and you look at Amari Cooper and you look at Zeke, who I know you don't value very high, but you look at those guys and then you look at what Lamar's had with Sammy Watkins, Devin Duvernay, Hollywood Brown, who at best is okay. Like when you look at those weapons and compare them to what Lamar had, it's not even close. Dak has so much better weapons around him. He had a better offensive True. line for most of the time, maybe not anymore. They've done nothing, in my opinion, to make Lamar succeed. Like, look at what they had at running back when uh, J.K. Dobbins tore his ACL. Like, they were signing dudes that were good five years ago. Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell. Like, that's what they gave him to succeed. Like, you can't, you can't blame him for that, in my opinion. No, I, it's a good point, but I guess I would
2: argue, I, I don't love arguing against Lamar because I really like Lamar Jackson as a player. I think he's dynamic. I think he's a fascinating player. What I'm just trying to say is I don't really have that much of a problem with him being outside the top ten. Uh, I Again, Deshaun Watson, take away the, the side show here, he's a way more consistent player than Lamar Jackson. And, and I would say the same about Dak. I mean, again, the highs might not be as crazy good as Lamar Jackson, but that might not go for even freaking Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I mean, the highs for Lamar Jackson are unbelievable. Like, he is today's athlete. He is, like, sports center, social media, meme, gif, every guy. He's everything. He's TikTok, he's Twitter, he's YouTube, Mm -hmm. he's SportsCenter. Like, that is, I mean, today's athlete wrapped up in one. But from what you know what you're going to get each and every week, I'm not sure he is like the, the quarterback everybody will buy into. And I think there's a difference there. And, again, that doesn't mean I don't like him or you can't win with him or you shouldn't pay him. Okay, we're talking about a top 10 guy or maybe a guy that might just be on the fringe of the top 10 because some of the things we're talking about. And, and I do think when you don't know what a guy's going to give you every Sunday, and I'm not talking his best, by the way. Chris is going to give you effort and all that stuff. I'm just talking about performance-wise. You're not sure if he's going to look like at times the way he's looked in the first three quarters of a game and then or is he going to look like the guy in the fourth quarter? Well, I can't sit around and wait for the guy in the fourth quarter. So yeah. I see the. I see some of the criticism of him, and I see some of the hesitation if I was a, an exec or something to put him in, in the top 10 from that degree. And I almost would say this, Casey, like, you're right. Around him, they're probably not as strong as a lot of these other teams, really. But he almost is the guy he is because he doesn't have a lot around him. Like, he is a manufacturer of plays on his own. If he's got Dallas's skill set around him, I'm not sure Lamar's as great because now he's just sitting in the pocket and he's got to get him the ball. Now, he might be still fantastic, but I'm not sure he's the human highlight real great that we now know him as because he's not forced into doing some of those things based on the surrounding cast.
0: Yeah, I, I hear you saying. I just think when – I now, Grant, I've not watched every single play Lamar Jackson's ever had, but I have to believe that when he's making some of these plays and then he throws up a ball that is ends up being incomplete or it's close to completed, I think you give him a better receiver – those numbers might go up, yeah. and then the turnovers might go down. I'm not saying you have to give him like the best receiver in the league, but when you have some of these teams, like the Dak Prescott situation, give him Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb and see what happens. I guarantee you some of those completions go up, and they can change the way they do things. But the way I look at this top 10 is he's at 11. In my mind, he's the very next person on this list, and I just don't think you can say a guy that hasn't played for over a year now can be above him. Yeah, that's, that's just okay. the way I read it. Too. I that's fair too. Like uh, again, I like I think I, there's too much on Deshaun Watson right there that he was really good the last time we saw him and now he's going into a new offense hasn't played in a year and we expect him to still be great.
2: Yeah, I think that's okay. I think that's a that's a fair remark. Um again, I, on this specific list, I would have any I mean whoever was above Josh Allen above Tom Brady seems a little ridiculous to me. Uh and yeah, Justin but, Herbert seems a little ridiculous to me above Uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, And he's been great. Again, but I think we're talking a little semantics, too. Like, where do you pick? Four or seven or whatever. Um, But I I do think, like, the Lamar Jackson is interesting because you take these. Here's why I think this whole conversation is interesting, more so than just Lamar Jackson. It, It actually punches home something that I've been saying a lot for a year is that the quarterback position in the NFL is as deep as it's ever been. Ever. Mm -hmm. And when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson, not in the top 10. And by the way, you have a guy like Kirk Cousins and his numbers. Yeah. And he can't break the top 10. And now you look at all this, these young guys coming in, like we don't know about. it, And Trevor's one of them. Like, heck, being the 13th best quarterback in the NFL right now ain't a bad thing. No. Like, that is not a bad thing.
0: Derek Carr as well. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Derek Carr, somebody brought up. That's a good point. Like, we don't even bring up Derek Carr. We're not even fighting for Derek Carr here.
0: Yeah, I know. You know? I, he's probably 12, right?
2: I mean, he's right in. Like he, I think you can debate him. I mean, you probably can debate him between 8 and 15 or something, yes, right? probably. And so, I mean, isn't that fascinating? Just think about that. I mean, all the years we've been talking about the NFL, all the years we've been talking about quarterbacks, most of the years, even around here especially, because we know it front and center, hey, you're talking about, man, this team needs a quarterback. This team needs a quarterback. Wait, who's the quarterback in this draft? They're going to shove up draft boards. Folks, like, we're not talking about that anymore. And we're talking about a couple of guys that are on their way out, Brady and Rogers mm-hmm. in the next couple of years or maybe this year or Stafford, whatever. Stafford eventually. And, and Stafford. But what's Stafford, like 34?
0: Uh, 34, yeah.
2: Yeah, and Russell Wilson's like 33. I mean, those guys could play for another handful, six, seven years. Oh, sure. So, I mean, we're not – this is as deep as it's ever been – and it might be as deep as it's going to be. Like, we don't know. Maybe they just keep making good quarterbacks. Who knows? But I just think that part is fascinating. I don't think people talk about that enough. Like, you can be the 15th best quarterback in the NFL, and you can be damn good and worth the 80000000 million you're getting. And, yeah. And- I mean, by the way, Ryan Taylor ain't that bad. And yeah. he's probably like 18, 19 or something, or maybe 21. Like, you can win with him. Look at
0: Tennessee. They've won with him a lot. Matt Ryan's also not that bad. Mm-hmm. But-, but, anyway, um... The thing with Herbert, just going back to that, what happens if, like, the Derek Carr versus Herbert thing here, like, Herbert's more talented, I think we would agree. I don't think anybody on this list or anywhere is the leader that Derek Carr is. I think that guy's above and beyond as a leader. But her, or, um, Carr beat Herbert when Herbert had to win. Yeah. He also beat Dak when Dak had to win. That's true. And he, he gets into the playoffs, doesn't make this list. But the overall question is, Do we keep defending Herbert if they're bad again? Not bad, but just not a playoff team.
2: Yeah, but I think we do the same. That's why Josh Allen's so high on the list, right? It's because of the way they lost. They lost because they couldn't stop anybody. And Herbert, the reason they have lost games is not really on him. He has put them in position, drive down the field, go win the game, and then 15 seconds to go in the game, they come back, kick the game, win the field, goal, and they beat him. Like, what are you supposed to do? So I actually appreciate that, that people can recognize what he's done and not just look at the wins and losses. I appreciate his... He's been really good. I mean, he's off to a good, this goes back to yesterday's conversation, right? Like you can't, you can't be great unless you start off good. We can't have a great show unless our three o'clock hour was pretty good. Right. And we talked about aliens, aliens, dark showers, and, and epic pictures. Yes. And by the way, the showers and epic pictures were not related. Not at all. Not even. So, I mean, we're off to a hell of a start today. We hope to bring it home on the four o'clock hour and the five o'clock hour. But that's why people love Herbert. Herbert's off to this fast start and therefore now you can start projecting this career like a Patrick Mahomes what he's been able to do. And so I think that factors in a little bit. I'll give you one more one more thought about this in my opinion on the quarterback stuff, which I I do again, we're talking a little bit Lamar Jackson the top 10, but I want you to think about that now what I'm what I'm talking about. How deep can you go on the quarterback list in the NFL where you're like I'd buy some stock in that guy. I mean, that is a Fascinating long list that we just don't get yeah. in the NFL in the history of the game. We don't get it in the college game. We don't get it in the in the pro game. And we're getting it. I think you comfortably can get up to the twenties. I mean, I really think with these young players, you can get into the twenties. So I would ask you this about Lamar Jackson. Just put a bow on it.
0: Okay. I'm
2: going to say it out loud. What I'm thinking. Oh boy. <laughs> And I give Lamar ja- – I put Lamar Jackson this year on the Jacks. Okay. And I've got Doug Peterson's system, you know. And, and I know – I will uh, give you a little bit of a hedge for the system. They've built that system around him in Baltimore, and it's mm-hmm. worked, and it seemed like they needed to do that. Uh, although, that's not to say he couldn't play in any system. I think that's unfair to Lamar Jackson. I think they've made – they've, they've uh, really put the – accentuated the positives, if you will, about his game in that offense. But put Lamar Jackson on this team with Christian Kirk and Lewis Christian and Marvin Jones, um, and Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram, yep. and Etienne, and you know the Jags Those roster. Those are the boys, yeah, all of them. And would you rather have Lamar? From what you've seen in Lamar, or would you rather have Trevor? And and, and what you haven't seen from Trevor. And part of this, so, so it's a two-part answer in my Opinion. One is, well, we're all enamored with the unknown, right? Like, we haven't seen Trevor enough to know how great he can be. But I think Trevor also checks a box that I'm not sure people are bought in Lamar Jackson checks. Do you know what that is? Leadership? No. I, I, think, lead, no, I think because I think, I think people feel... That's a good one probably from an injury standpoint. I'm thinking, what do we ask our quarterbacks to do, the great ones? Make that guy better. Make that guy better. Make that guy better. You're talking about his surrounding cast. Mm -hmm. Does he make, or did he make Hollywood Brown better? We're going to find out. Did he make those guys, right? Does he make those guys better? I think we look at our great quarterbacks, maybe this top 10 list, does he make them better? And I think you check that box on a lot of really good quarterbacks, or at least, like, elite quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. We don't know that yet about Trevor. But would you have more confidence that Lamar would make those guys better? And I would say I'm not so sure about that because I think a guy like Lamar sometimes has a tendency to throw, like, super inaccurate and, and have these valleys that I'm talking about. And I'm not sure we've seen that from Trevor yet. Like, he's not super inaccurate, and he also hasn't had, like, these crazy valleys. He's only played 17 games in his career. So uh, that's where I would say maybe this top 10 is not as far off as we think and maybe excluding lamar from that top 10 might not be maybe that's where some of the evidence is coming in i guess
0: yeah i think to your point i think trevor's a better now there were times last year it didn't look like i think trevor will be a better passer that is the knock on lamar so i will give it to you there and i would with the age included as well if i could have lamar or trevor i would stick with trevor here in jacksonville just because of where you are. And the sustainability thing worries me. I want the man to get paid. I want Lamar to get paid. Yeah, yeah. But that, that is a concern because it, it could all end in one wrong play. It could end for Trevor, too. He runs around a lot, but not like Lamar. But I think, overall, Trevor's going to be a better passer. But there's not one person in the league you'd want to make a play for you other than Lamar Jackson.
2: Yeah, I, I, well, that's, that's cool. That's good. That's a good way to say
0: it. I wouldn't, anyway. You make me think. You need one—I I mean, I'm serious. You need one play to win the Super Bowl. Give me him. It's never—you're never dead till you're dead with Lamar Jackson. You miss a block, you're dead with Tom Brady. You're dead with Joe Burrow. Yeah. You're probably almost dead, dead with dead
2: even, like, Patrick Mahomes. Not yeah. dead, but you're close to dead. I mean— We never, saw it.
0: You're never dead with Lamar until knee hits a That's a great
2: point. Really good point, which makes him super intriguing. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that's a good quality, by the way. Listen, I, I think there's a ton of things to like about Lamar Jackson. I just think there's. It's sometimes okay to be critical of some of the things too, and uh, I think some of the consistency and the injury concern. By the way, this is being done after a year where he did miss some time, sure, because of injuries, and so yeah. that's front and center in people's mind as well.
0: Yeah, but for missing time, we got to get to Sean. I still.
2: I think I hit on another thing, by the way, that we don't talk about enough around here, is that the Jags. Brunel would be the only example of this, and I think that might even be stretching it. Even if you ask Mark is how much better did he make everybody else? I mean, they had some really good players. Yeah. And I'm sure at times he did. But, like, Trevor still has that ability, I think. And that's an ability that few have had that have worn the Jags uniform from that position, if any, to make the, the Zay Joneses of the world, the Christian Kirks, earn that contract. Like, sure. I think people feel like he has that ability. we got to see it. Because he didn't do a lot of that last year. But we got to see it. And uh, if we see that... Buckle up, baby. It could be fun. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. UNF Osprey Day here on ESPN 690.
1: Who, me? Retire? No. No, 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 no. I'm not, not retiring. Um... Am I not playing a full schedule? Yes, yeah, that's—I've told you guys that many times. Um, that's just my, my reality. It, I, I don't like it, but I just have to accept it. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as retiring, and no. Um, but you know, this may be you know my, my last chance. So I'll be playing at St. Andrews with a chance to compete at the highest level.
0: That is Tiger Woods. What's all over our feet? Yeah, just get on with the show. It'll go away in a second. It
2: looks like Skittles
0: threw up on our f- feet. Really? Oh. Huh. With a bunch
2: of, like, not-so-nice stuff.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's actually flattering stuff.
2: But, but it is flattering
0: yeah. stuff. Maybe we should keep it. We're not going to keep it. We're about to get rid of it.
2: Is this because I'm on, like, fans-only site or something? Dude.
0: Yeah. That's why. You're selling feet pics. Is that what happens there? So much you more. mentioned that all the time. So much more happens there than that, <laughs> okay? And you mentioned feet. I'm just saying the easy, like the easiest way to like dip your toe into that world is to sell feet picks. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, how, Where do we go from here? I know. I don't know how to transition
2: out of feet picks. The the unfortunate part is we keep inviting ospreys on.
0: Literally the second time. Like, both both interesting segments today. Uh, we've had somebody listening.
2: Well, yeah. let me clear this up for Nick Cabralcheck before we get him on. Then how about Tiger today? and we'll talk about this a little bit more but tiger is like doing things now that people wanted tiger to do like 30 years ago character development he's he's super transparent about where he is and you know it certainly does seem like the twilight he feels like the old guy playing and doesn't have a chance right now right but it's still cool that he's playing like i think and by the way he can play well enough that it's still cool but then, like, his thoughts today on Liv. I, I said this yesterday. I thought we had, everybody had talked about it. I kind of forgot Tiger hadn't mentioned it. Yeah. And he was great on it. And by the way, we'll, uh, we'll talk about this. It makes sense that he talked about it because he built the damn tour to what it is today. Yeah. Like, he's the reason they make as much money on the tour as they do. He's the reason Phil Mickelson has made as much money in his life as he has. He's the reason Brooks Kepka and all these guys have made that kind of money. And so to hear him talk on it, I think, I'm not sure it's getting enough attention. And he was really good. And he, and he didn't, like, he kind of hammered him. I saw, like, a headline, like, Tiger slams. I don't know if he did it that way. I think he did it in a pretty diplomatic way. But he did it in an important way, too. So uh, I think it was pretty uh, pretty wild what Tiger said and, and did today and kind of him playing in this Open Championship. All right, see that? We made it a little bit easier of a buffer. Yeah. To, to get Nick Gabrochik on. Although with the NIL stuff these days, I could bring up, Nick can probably do anything he wants. Name, image, likeness, Nick. You got any name, image, likeness stuff going
1: on? I am currently with a company called Wealthspire where hey. I do a couple of outings. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I do a couple of outings a year where I travel and go play with clients with other college golfers or even junior golfers that are also with them. And I wear their logo on my chest during non-school events.
2: That's awesome, so wait a minute, so it's non-school events, Like, you, uh, is that how that works?
1: Yeah, because obviously in school we have our logo and everything, and I guess school and the companies that our school is with, I guess mm-hmm. we're with Under Armour. Oh, uh, okay. Don't want other companies to be represented in college events, because they want our school and their logo to stand out. So in summer events when we're not affiliated with school, this is when we can do all this stuff.
2: I see. That makes sense. Um, and by the way, you're going to hopefully have a career in this where you'll be getting many a sponsors. Is that fun, by the way, the name, image, likeness stuff, to be able to dabble in that a little bit?
1: Yeah, it's just an awesome, like, way for us to learn for what we hope to get, obviously, sponsorships. When we turn professional, it kind of helps us learn how the process works so we're not, like, all hit by a storm when we turn professional and it all comes at us so fast. Just gives us an opportunity to learn and just be ready for it.
2: That's really cool. Uh, that's that's fun stuff uh, for you. And and by the way, when you go back, uh, make sure you tell them that you put it on ESPN six ninety. Even give them a shout out. And like we have like millions and millions of listeners. So many listeners.
1: <laughs> we'll do.
2: <laughs> Maybe you get a little bonus. For that that'd be good. Absolutely. <laughs> we can only hope. Nick, uh, you're obviously uh, it's UNF Osprey Day here on the show. Uh, and you have already cemented yourself as one of the best uh, golfers in, in UNF Osprey history. Uh, the how fun is what you're doing, what you've been able to do with that program, um, your golf life right now, and, and kind of where it's trending.
1: Uh, it's awesome. Obviously, we have a great team, and it's a fun. It's fun to go travel with the guys and our coaches, and just enjoy life before life hits us all after college, and we become true adults and going to the workforce and everything and just golf wise it's all i can ask for having the success that i've had so far and building on it i couldn't be happier for myself and for everyone around me that's helped me get this far because it just shows all the work that i've put in and they've helped me put in is starting to show uh,
2: nick cabral with us uh, it says on our screen you're the 10th ranked amateur in the world what does that
1: mean yeah it means a lot to me. Obviously, the goal is to get to number one eventually, but there's multiple steps that I still need to make to get to that point. But just being able to say that I'm one of the top ten amateurs in the entire world is just its an honor to be able to walk around and say.
2: Listen, UNF has a really good program. I'm going to ask uh, Scott Schroeder, block your ears for a moment. But, like, there are... Are big schools like power five schools and there are good golf programs all across the country. And, and again, I, I want to punch this home that UNF is one of the top 30, 35 programs. So even though it's not a power five school, it's, it's big, but how did you end up at UNF with, with uh, your talent? And how are you, how are they keeping you at UNF because everybody wants to steal players away these days?
1: Yeah. So freshman year, Coach Schroeder reached out to my coach like swing coach and stuff and i'm a big person of if whoever comes after me first and is the hungriest is obviously catches my attention first and i ended up visiting unf and being coach got along really well from the start i already knew all my teammates from junior golf because we all played in florida stuff like that so those relationships were already built and it just it just felt like the right fit for me And I don't plan on leaving at all because I just love everyone around me. I love all my teammates, my coaches, the athletic department, everything about it just fits for me.
2: I think it's really hard this day and age. I mean, the transfer portal is such a thing. You can go each and everywhere. Uh, Again, Schroeder's probably been like, Brent, shut up right now. I get it. But, like, you have a loyalty, which is really cool. And that being said, you have a chance because how good you are, but also your teammates are, to really make a statement with this program and put it on, like, as big of a map as the Floridas, the Auburns, the whoever else, Texas is the Oklahoma's of the world. I mean, you guys feel like you can be that kind of program, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we didn't have the best year this year, but we still made the na- national championship. We competed, we com- um, competed with all these Power Five schools and regular events and regionals and stuff like that. So we're we know we're good enough, and we didn't even play as well as we could have, which just adds incentive towards us for our final two years to just go out there and prove everybody
2: wrong. You made an albatross. Tell us a little bit about playing for Team USA at the Arnold Palmer Cup and, and what that was all about. But you also shot 666 made an albatross. I mean, you've had a, a lot of great moments, in, including playing with me at the uh, the, the Hate <laughs> Invitational. But, I'm sure that was a highlight. Yeah, I'm sure it was a highlight too. Um, how cool was that? Yeah,
1: I mean, representing America and Mr. Palmer and the Palmer Cup is just an unbelievable Experience and an honor to be able to do. And I have to put the albatross to bed. Unfortunately, it wasn't a true albatross. I got the whole conceded to make as much as I want it to be a true albatross. But I didn't technically make the, the second shot, unfortunately. Wait, wait, wait.
2: So, so everybody says, like, is it? So it's just like a miscommunication thing because there's obviously not video of all you, every shot you guys hit. And so you got the whole conceded. And yeah. that therefore it would have been like a two one a par five.
1: Yes. So technically on the scorecard, I made an albatross, but uh, in real life, I never even hit the second shot. So you, you shouldn't say have say told everybody one that. One. You shouldn't have told everybody. I, I feel wrong. <laughs> I could say I made a hole in one though, because I only made, I only hit one golf shot. <laughs> oh, that's
2: true. <laughs> that's true. Which, what would that be called?
1: Double uh, albatross. We, like, I don't even know. I guess there's a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess a hole in
2: one. There you go. Simple as that. That is crazy. I did not. So that was actually part of your six under sixty six. So, like, you don't really feel like you shot six under.
1: No, I mean I had a nine iron in, so who knows? Maybe I would have made <laughs> yeah, an albatross. True, true. But I like I like to think I shot around five to six under. Also.
2: Okay. Um, which, by the way, is not like that. You've done that. What is your best round? Uh,
1: sixty one.
2: 61. Do you see by the way I just did this on TV the other night. You see the kid from the Bowl school up at the Athens? course, he just shot a 61. He's a sophomore.
1: Really? I he, did not see it. I've been yeah, traveling and busy, but
2: Um, I can't pronounce his last name right now cuz it's not in front of me and it's like a long last name. It's kind of like your last name, but I so I don't have it on the tip of my tongue. But he's a sophomore uh rising sophomore I think at Bowls. He's playing in uh, I think Notre Dame has a big junior tournament. And so was a qualifier there. Think about all the good golfers that have come out of the University of Georgia and played on that course, and he set the course record (laughs) with a sixty-one. Pretty impressive. And by the way, what that does to me is it punches home, and you know this, Nick. Like you're a really good golfer, but there are a lot of really good golfers out there, right? Yes. I mean, the competition is crazy. Like, how many people? There's so many people that don't make the tour that probably could play on the tour.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone in college, whether it's D one or D two, we're all really good golfers. It's just some weeks we don't show it, but we all we're in college playing for a school, which just says something in itself, right there.
0: Nick, let me ask you this: We talked about a little bit about you being one of the highest ranked amateurs in the world. I know you still have time to go at UNF, but do you think about what comes next? Like, obviously, the PGA Tour is probably a dream of yours, but.
1: The live tours out there. There's
0: there's a lot of stuff out there, I guess. Nick, how do you kind of foresee your future going?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think about it every once in a while with family or friends and stuff. People ask, but I haven't, like, thought in depth into it. Obviously, with the whole live situation, I don't know how I feel about that yet. Because mainly I don't know what it's going to be like when I graduate college. It could be the biggest tour in the world or it could not be there at all. It, it's kind of hard for people my age to say stuff about Liv, but obviously the hope right now is to make PGA Tour with PGA Tour University my senior year and all the opportunities I hope to get.
2: That'd be pretty cool. Nick Cabral, check with us, uh, UNF Osprey's uh, golf uh, golfer here on ESPN 690. All right, let's uh, leave you with this. The Open Championship this week, uh, have you played St. Andrews, by the way? And give us a little bit of analysis. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, do you have some favorites going into of the week?
1: I have not played St. Andrews. Uh, Switzerland was my first time overseas, actually, but after, from watching Lynx golf and the Open at St. Andrews in 2015 or 16, I believe, I would say probably the longer, like they've been talking about, the longer hitters probably have the advantage with the weather coming in, so I'd say people like Rory or John Rahm, even people like Sam Burns probably have the edge on most people, but The guys like Kevin Kisner and them who hit it not far but low where they can run and they hit it straight and putt, well, you got to watch out for them this week, I would say.
2: Yeah, so that's a pretty darn good analysis. I'll keep that in mind when I make my picks uh, tomorrow. Um, The uh, Open Championship coming up this week. Did you play today?
1: I am at Copperhead right now.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, so it's a little breezy. It's not crazy breezy out there. So, like, what hole are you on?
1: Nothing like Jacksonville. I am walking down 10 fairly right now.
2: Did you did you already hit your driver while you were talking to us? No. I do that all the time. You should have done that. Like, can you like hit a shot right now live on the air? Like, just put it on speaker. We'll tell you where we think it went.
1: I can try. I can put my phone down on the ground.
2: That's what I do all the time. And I like I'll be talking to a buddy. I'll be like, tell me if you think this went out of bounds or straight down the fairway.
1: Now yours probably, probably doesn't go out of bounds like how much. Far it is.
2: So you're playing the tenth at Copperhead. I've never been there, but uh, what are you? Why are you over there?
1: I live down here.
2: Yeah, so you're just playing just
0: to play.
1: Yeah, my brother works out here.
0: Okay, Brent, he's getting the yardage. Please, sorry, <laughs> let him do his. How mission. far do you have?
1: It is 122 yards right
2: now. Oh, you're hitting like a sand wedge or gap wedge.
1: Yeah, I have a gap wedge
2: because you're probably planning on taking it over the pin and spinning it back like 15 feet, right?
1: That is the goal, hopefully.
2: All right. Tell us when I should stop talking.
1: Now. I'm about to hit right
2: now. All right. Let's hear it. Sounded pretty good to me. Sound like you got it crisp.
1: How far do you think it went?
2: I think you, uh, with all the pressure on you, you didn't get to think about it that much. I'd say you're probably uh, a little to the right and 25 feet
0: away. I'd say you're comfortably on it the is, green.
1: It is a, from the fairway, it is a little bit right and looks like 10 feet. 10 feet? Not bad.
0: <laughs> not bad.
1: Did it spin yeah, back? The, the right part, correct. It, it did. It landed like right next to it and swung back.
2: How do you, by the way, okay, amateur golfer, a tip. How do you spin it? Oh,
1: uh, like chips or just normal shots?
2: I uh, like a normal shot. Like, you guys, like, people, you have to hit it super crisp, right? And does it depend? I've heard yeah. before, like, it depends on the firmness of the fairway. Is that true?
1: I I wouldn't say firmness. I think it's just how much you compress the golf ball, really. If you, I hit it, I hit speed down on the ball, so I compress it more than probably a lot of other people, so I normally get a little bit more spin. Okay. Because if you compress down on it, the ball kind of just goes into the grooves, and that's how you get the most spin from what i've heard i got and i'm you. not a big like nick i don't research all this stuff like some other people do <laughs> i just kind
2: of let it happen you just kind of play hey th- by the way nick that's called talent okay yeah. <laughs> that's what <Yeah>. that's called <laughs> uh, and that's not a bad thing uh one last thing nick told me when i played uh in the hate invitational pro-am with him and i think the best part of your game right are your long irons you, you hit the you, yeah. you're a good ball striker right
1: no, uh, I like to think so. Yeah,
2: that's good. Okay. All right. Well, do me a favor. Go make this birdie putt. Uh, what'd you shoot on the front nine?
1: I was one under on the front.
2: All right. I I feel like uh, you got a 33, Larry Bird, coming your way on the back nine for a nice easy round at Copperhead.
1: Hopefully, that's the goal. I'm out here trying to beat my brother. So. All right. Well, definitely. 33. <laughs> all right.
2: Thanks, man. We appreciate you joining us and uh, hitting that shot live on air. Now go make the 10 foot birdie putt and uh, good luck the rest of the summer. Thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, that's Nick Cabracek. Uh He is a really, really good player. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't want to put like too much pressure on the guy because you never. It's so hard. It is really hard to make it out there. But if, here's what I've been told about Nick, is he has the talent. And he has all the measurables, the numbers, like, you know, everybody's analytical now and, and uh, what's it called? Track man. Yeah. Right. Like, so all those numbers that like the guys on tour, like you'll watch on the open championship, like they have, he's got. And so that's a really good thing. Now the, the end of the day, whether he makes it does well, all these other things probably comes down if he makes that 10 foot putt that we're just talking about. Yeah. Because that's really what happens for a lot of these guys. You either make putts or you don't, a lot of them can hit the ball. But can you uh, make the putt? But he is a really talented player. And uh, keep an eye on the name, Nick Cabralchuk because he'll probably be playing in the Open Championship someday.
0: Yeah, top 10 amateur rankings is no joke. And <laughs> I was looking into it, by the way, like, the two guys ahead of him, Nick has more wins and more top 10. So I don't understand why he's behind them fully.
2: Yeah, that's probably but, some crazy system.
0: Uh, yeah, dude's dude's legit. And I was like, I wasn't trying to bait him into going to the live tour. But, like, I was serious. Like, he's probably not going to go to the Corn Ferry Tour. Like, he's got, he still has time to go before, like, going to the PGA Tour. And if he continues to get better, they might just, you know. Yeah, no, I don't want to put
2: a lot of pressure on him there, like, because he hasn't, he doesn't need to think about it. No. But seriously, these are the, I, if Liv is still a thing in, like, two, three years, right? That's the type of guy you want. And you get, I mean, how hard of a decision is that for Gabrochik? Listen to what Tiger said today and go play the tour that you grew up Wanting to play and earn it in the dirt, as Tiger said, Mm. or go get yourself a two and a half, three million dollar payday for showing up. And I don't know if that's what the dollars would be, but that might be what the dollars would be. Literally, that's a it's an interesting, it's crazy, interesting decision to make, Uh, perhaps for these golfers now coming out even of college. You don't even have to have a uh, pedigree as of yet. All right, we take a break. Action sports, Jacks on ESPN six ninety. U N F Osprey Day continues here on a Tuesday. yeah.